0: Tell the Lord you love him this morning. Just tell him you love him. Yeah. Oh, give God glory. Just give him glory. Look to him. Yeah. What's distracting your sights? What's, distra- what's knocking you off of focus of him? What else is taking priority this morning? Reset your focus and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you guys for leading us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's give him praise, can't we? Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, you can have a seat. All right. Good morning. Um, if you don't know, know who I am, then uh, I want to welcome you this morning as a guest. I'm Pastor Michael, lead pastor at Summit, and it's a privilege to be able to teach God's word We are walking through um, the scriptures, we're walking through the gospel of John, beloved. And uh, the teaching you're going to hear today, this is what happens when you just walk through the Bible trusting God to speak. Uh, This is not a teaching you're going to hear in very many places this morning, but it's in the word of God. So it begins with this little riddle that I was prompted to put together here. The average person does this between 20 to 25 times a week. It's a top priority. Chances are good you've already done this once today and chances are also really good that you'll be ready to do this again once we're finished with our time here this morning. Uh, this is something you can do by yourself, but typically we enjoy sharing it with friends and family, particularly around holidays and special occasions. What is it? What? Eating? Is that what you said? Yeah. What did you say, George? Okay. Very good. Awesome. Good, good, good. Eating. Yes. Food. Absolutely. I love to eat. Anybody else? Some of the great pleasures. I love a good night's sleep. I love driving out of town. I love taking a baby and pressing its warm head against my cheek. Things that I love. What do you love? And and I have to say, I love to eat. For me, it's one of the great pleasures of life, you know, the, the, the Italian grandma I grew up with, you know, manja, manjo, Mikey, eat, eat, gotta fatten you up, yeah, that's what it's all about, I, I feel sorry for people who have lost sense of taste, I feel sorry for people who have very restricting, restrictive diets, I kind of like the seafood diet. Have you heard of the seafood diet? Right? If I see it, I eat it. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, but I think Miss Piggy's diet is a little bit better than that one. Never eat more than you can lift. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right, I'll give you a while. Some of you are just getting it. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for you. John chapter 6. Is the longest chapter in the Gospel of John, and you'll recall it started with Jesus feeding 5,000 men, so we're talking about some 15 to 25,000 people with two small fish, five small loaves of bread provided by the most unlikely source, a little boy, and it's very important that we remember this was a sign. This was an incredible sign. It was a sign that literally pointed back to the days of Moses when God delivered the Hebrew slaves out of bondage in Egypt, leading them through the wilderness, and God miraculously provided them with manna from heaven in the wilderness. So this crowd of fifteen or 25,000 people saw what Jesus did they knew it was a sign, they were ready to make Jesus king, but Jesus, knowing that's not why he came the first time, it is why he's coming the second time, not why he came the first time, he slipped away. So the next morning, everybody's looking for Jesus, you know, it's time for breakfast, we're hungry, where's Jesus, got to find Jesus. They had seen the disciples get into one of the few boats and sail across the lake the night before. Jesus never did that, so you can imagine their surprise when they crossed the lake to find Jesus already there. And so this question in verse 25, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus in typical style doesn't answer their question he doesn't describe how he walked on water the night before and we talked about walking on water last week so verse 26 he says very truly I tell you you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed but but because you ate the loaves and had your fill and now you just want breakfast (laughs) yeah do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Look at that word, give, will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And the reason I want you to see that word gift is because eternal life is the gift of God. We sang about that this morning, and I appreciate those songs. It's a free gift, no money required Uh, you know despite Jamie's announcements this morning salvation is a free gift and thank you Jamie great job today Uh, but but they like so many missed it so we go on in our text verse 28 then they asked him what must we do to do the what's that word Works. works plural to do the works God requires and friends Right there is the tension of all religions of the world versus Christianity. All religions of the world are are based on a hope so. It's based on a bartering system. What good things must we do to gain God's approval versus you cannot earn it? You must receive it as a free gift. So Jesus goes on, verse 29. The... What's that next word? The work, singular. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So the people use the word works, plural, a works-based religious system. Jesus answers with the word works, singular, a faith-based relationship initiated and provided by God. There's only one work that God asks for us, and anything else needs to flow from that vertical connection with horizontal effects, okay? The only one thing, and that is, have you received the gift? What are you doing with his son, Jesus Christ? Have you received the gift, or are you still hoping that you will get the works part right? And by thinking you're going to get the works part right, You're literally rejecting the free gift of Jesus Christ. Hear what Jesus is saying. Do the one thing he asks. Receive the gift. Verse 30. So they asked him. Isn't this interesting? What sign will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He being Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. So very fascinating here. These are the same folks who just the night before saw this miraculous dividing of fish and loaves, thousands being fed. They they acknowledged that it was a sign from God. They called him a prophet from, from God. And the only reason they were there to witness that miracle in the first place is because Of all the signs and all the miracles Jesus had been doing right up to this point. And how quickly we forget how easily we miss those signs that God is showing us and speaking to us. Uh, Yeah, see the signs. So Jesus responds telling them that Moses never gave them a thing. That that manna from heaven provided to the Jews in the wilderness was provided by Father God. Then verse 33, for the bread of God. Is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then, right here, Jesus is going to go into a series of radical statements, starting with verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am. Do you recognize those words? I am first of seven i am statements that we're going to see going forward in the gospel of john you can literally outline the book around these these things very intentional here. The people are catching on to what he's saying right here because when Moses asked God what his name was, God's response was I am and we don't know what that name was, how what it looked like because no one dared speak it, no one dared write it so we say it's names like Yahweh or Yehovah or Jehovah. We know the consonants, we just don't know the vowels because they would only write parts of God's name. No one dared write it or even speak it, and it's a name that's always put in front of other attributes of God. Some of my favorites are Jehovah Shalom, which is, the Lord is your peace. Anita, if you hear me, the Lord is your peace. (laughs) Michael Discoli, do you hear yourself, what you're saying? The Lord is your peace. I like Jehovah Rapha. I like the fact that clinics are named Rapha, Rapha, Rapha clinics. It's all based on right here Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord. You're a healer. It's part of his name. And now Jesus says to all who will hear, I am the bread of life. And it is radical. Okay. I want to slow down a minute, just summarize where we've been so far. These people have seen many signs. Now they're asking for Jesus for a sign. Jesus is very clear to them that they are missing a huge sign. And while they are settling for nothing more than having their tummies full, they're missing out on the fact that God has sent them food from heaven to satisfy their deepest longings. They want bread for their stomachs, not Jesus for their souls. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. We work so hard for 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 food. We schedule our lives around food. Have you ever had one of those conversations around how much time, energy, resources, food preparations take? Have you had one of those? Okay. If, if you can't say yes, then, then here's a little challenge for you. I would suggest that you uh, plan some sort of retreat or, or family reunion with a group of people that you want to spend time with Rent some kind of cabin or retreat center and make sure it has a great kitchen because you're going to need it since you are going to be doing all the food preparation. Pay careful attention to how much time, resources, energy it takes, the food. Well, you won't have to pay too much attention, but it's going to become obvious really fast. Someone's going to have to plan the menu. Someone's going to have to go do all the grocery shopping. Someone's going to have to get all the food to the retreat site and make sure it's carefully arranged. Somebody's going to have to prepare all the meals. And while preparing the meals will take you several hours, you will be amazed to quickly see it's all consumed in 20 minutes or less. Yeah, that's right. And now someone's going to have to clean up the mess and start thinking about the next meal. And you better believe you'll have no sooner wrapped up dinner that someone is sure to say, and someone who's not helping, right? So what are we going to do about breakfast? Yeah. And to that, Jesus says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. When I was about 17 years old, um, a couple of friends and I were planning a backpacking trip to a really cool spot uh, north of Tucson, uh, a place where a, a huge Indian massacre had, a, had happened, and we were very curious of, of about Eravipa Vi- Canyon, and, uh, and it, 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 the idea was getting away from it all. One of my buddies was really determined to get away from it all, get away from it all, get away from it all, so we got together on a Thursday night, and we're planning our our menu and all of a sudden he got really frustrated guys i want to get away from it all i don't want to think about anything i don't want to think about food can we just fast during this trip i didn't even know what fasting was and i am not signing up for that well it wasn't very long into our our backpacking trip that they banned me from any food preparation anywhere near them yeah, I find it curious that that they found themselves literally catching fish out of the stream with barrel cactus thorns and thread and bread. They weren't eating them, but I think they were ready to bite their heads off in all of this because they were so hungry. I was the only one who got to enjoy the trip and explore. Well, they were laying around going, oh, we're so hungry. And I share that because I think we all agree We put a lot of time, resources, and energy into being intentional about feeding our physical selves, but how much time, energy, and resources do we spend feeding our eternal selves and feeding our souls? I schedule my days the way that I function to make sure that I'm eating six times a day, but this body is going to soon decay. While my soul is going to live on, how intentional am I about making sure that I'm feeding this eternal self? And this is what Jesus is talking about here. He is the bread of real life. He wants to be a big part of your diet. It's faith in Him. It's your relationship with Him that will feed that eternal part of you. Uh, We don't like skipping a meal, but how, how, how flippant we are when it comes to spending time with Him, just sitting in His presence, just being with Him, being in His Word, talking to Him, listening to Him, not worried about what we're going to say to them or the fact that we just can't bring the words together and be eloquent, but sitting in His presence and allowing Him to feed our souls fellowshipping with God's people worshipping together and doing these things to feed our eternal self so verse 36 he reiter- reiterates that he is the bread come down from heaven and what's that all what's that, what that's all about then verse 40 for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day Verse 41, at this the Jews there began to grumble. Does that sound familiar to you, the word grumble? (laughs) What did the children of Israel do in the wilderness? Grumbled, right? They liked the, the manna at first, but pretty soon they got sick of manna, right? Were you kidding me? How do you make eggs out of manna? Manna steak. Who was it that was Keith Green? talked about, I'm feasting on the manna bread. Yeah. Yeah, manna, 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 grumbled about this because he said, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. That manna that your ancestors ate in the wilderness, that was me. It was all pointing to me. And just like they got tired of manna really quick, manna again, are you kidding me? So they're soon gonna be tired of Jesus. Him, the bread of life, are you kidding me? Well, Jesus God to love it. He doesn't back off. He pushes further. Starting in verse 43, he's very clear that we will this is so important, friends, we're never going to be able to be able to understand these things. That's what Jesus says, unless God the Father reveals them to us. That is so important because the Christian faith isn't some kind of intellectual argument. The Christian faith is about God speaking into his life. His message is clear. Understanding it and embracing it becomes more difficult. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the bread come down from heaven. Jesus Christ is the answer to your deepest longings. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And so right there, there are some who who would say, even some who have pushed it to say, Jesus is calling us to cannibalism. And that's the way the crowd saw it. In verse 52, they're now arguing sharply, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? that's not what this is about. The analogy here is really simple. Embracing it is where it gets really tough. Just as we need physical food to satisfy our physical longings, so we need Jesus to satisfy our eternal selves. He is the way to the Father. He is the way to the blessing for which you were created. And if you're, if you're not confused already... He's about to really confuse things because starting in verse 53, he's going to add blood to the mix. And five times, did somebody crack up right there? I mean, I mean, really, it's okay. Wow, I mean, he's adding blood to the mix. Five times, eat my flesh, drink my blood. My flesh is real food. My blood is real drink. This is the way to life. And you know who he's saying this to? He's saying this to a people whose religious laws forbade them from ingesting any kind of blood. I mean, you know, I mean every chef in the United States today wants you to eat the the, the meat that they're preparing for you medium to rare, right? Doesn't work well in this culture. No rare meat whatsoever. I, I couldn't believe it. When I was flipping burgers in, at Wendy's way back in my college days, uh, people would come in, and they were frozen patties. And, and if, if I didn't let that meat just hit the grill, so it went, shh, and then flipped it again, so it went, shh, they would say, that's too done. <laughs> oh, God. oh, dear. Okay, how fast can I flip that? Shh, shh. There you go. Munch away, ice in the middle. (laughs) blood running down your lip. Whew. Not for these people. No way. They made sure their meat was cooked through. It's a clear illustration. We were separated from God and real life, the real life that he offers, when we ate of the forbidden fruit in the garden. And because one ate, all ate. But here's the deal. We are brought back to God and to the life and to the blessing he offers when we partake of his offering, his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 60. On hearing this, many of the disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. So we've got this amazing word. We've got the word gospel. And and most of us have been taught that the, the word gospel is from the Greek word evangelios. It's a very, very good word. But really, that word gospel, as it's translated, is an old English word where the first part, gos, is for God, which is for good, so good, and then spell, which is for story. So this is a good story It's a good story with a sharp edge, and that edge is so sharp that Jesus makes statements like this, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except by me. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And the purpose of the gospel isn't to convince people into the kingdom or to to have the right words or the argument because the Holy Spirit is doing that part. The purpose of the gospel is to prepare people to respond to what God is already speaking into their lives. The good story is the call upon a person's life. Belief is is when someone responds to the call. And this chapter ends with three potential responses. And each of us can ask the question, where am I? And I'll ask that right with you. The first response is you can walk away from Jesus. Verse 66. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Do you realize that he had built a following of tens and thousands of people right up to this point? And he's just scared them all away. He didn't stop to try to explain himself. He didn't say anything like, oh, what's the matter, guys? Was that a little too strong? You know, maybe I shouldn't have done that whole eat flesh and drink blood thing. Instead, he said, if my father is speaking to you, you will hear. And if you hear, you will come. And if you come, you will receive the life that he offers. It reminds me of this young man that I talk about on occasion because um, He was a starting football player, going into his senior year, blew his knee out during a practice, out for the season. I mean, the guy was a star. Oh, man. And so, you know, I I was given heads up on this, so I asked him if I could come pray for him. I went and prayed for him. It was a Thursday. On Monday, he was going in for a permanent cast. He goes in, and the doctor pulls off the temporary cast and is baffled. He goes, I don't know what's going on here. There's nothing wrong with this knee. You can go back to playing football. Glory to God, right? So I get a call from the coach asking me to be a part of this team. And there's more of this story, but we'll save it for other times. Asking me to be a part of the team. That quarterback uh, it would stand by me, always on the sidelines. He eventually gave his life to the Lord. Today's in full-time ministry with crew. But the kid who got that miracle... Never wanted anything to do with me or my Jesus. He got the miracle, but rejected the miracle worker. And sometimes we just want our tummy satisfied, but we don't want the answer for life. And then, when I was thinking and meditating on this word, I was prompted to remember this this girl 35 years ago. As a volunteer youth pastor, started this youth group, and this girl from the neighborhood started coming. She even started bringing her mom. And 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 one day after church. She walked up to me and, and she said, what do I need to do to be saved? <laughs> I mean, there was no miracle, no, no grand sign, right? No hoopla, nothing. Simply God spoke into her life and she was transformed forever. Yeah, yep, and I pray for that girl. God bless her. And that leads to the second thing. Hold on to Jesus embrace jesus see him for he is who he is and hold on verse 67 jesus said to the 12 you do not want to leave two, do you simon peter answered him lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life we have come to believe and to know that you are the holy one of god and so we all know that you know peter was in the dark on, on a lot of stuff but he did get jesus right and when you get Jesus right, a whole bunch of the rest of stuff in, of the stuff in life begins to make sense. When you get Jesus wrong, there's so much of life that just doesn't make sense. And when we get it, we don't take credit for it because... Belief is supernatural. It's the work of God speaking into a person's life, and that's the way I want to live my life. No credit to me, no glory to me, but but look to Him. If you see anything good coming out of me, please, please see Him. And this morning, if God's Spirit is prompting you and calling you, please come, please come, please come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and feast for your soul. Find satisfaction for your soul. Our prayer partners, they love praying to people. But if you need prayer for anything, come and let them pray for you when we're done here. Maybe you want the people you're with to to pray with you. Maybe you need to tell somebody that today is your day, that you're coming to the table and you're coming to Jesus by faith. And and don't wait till you get all your questions answered. Just come to him, okay? In, In time, all those mysteries will unravel and then one day you'll stand in front of him in the kingdom and you'll have absolute clarity on it all yeah so there's a third response that's that this chapter ends with and that's walk work work against him literally work against jesus verse 70 then jesus replied have i not chosen you the 12 yet one of you is a a devil he met judas the son of simon iscariot who though one of the 12 was later to betray him yeah have i told you today how much i like food Does it make you hungry just to think about that? Yeah, it affects me, man. Maybe I'm in the mood for bacon and eggs. I can smell the bacon. Have you ever noticed that the word stressed is the word desserts spelled backwards? Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Okay, go ahead, spell it out in your mind. Take your time. (laughs) We've got all day. (laughs) We get so stressed about satisfying our physical bodies. Bodies that are here for such a short time and then poof, they see decay. Jesus' call today is that in the grand scheme of things, we spend way too much time, energy, and resources concerned about things that are temporary. How about this? Hear what God is saying and go after the things that really matter. And concluding with his words, taking us back closer to where we started, work for food that that will result in eternal life, which the Son of Man alone can give you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what you're speaking into lives this morning, but I'm confident you are. And uh, we're posed with two questions, and I cannot answer these questions for anyone. So here they are, Lord, as you speak. That each one of us needs to answer this first question. What is it God is saying to you this morning? What is it that he's speaking into your life? And the second builds off that first. How will you respond? We're going to continue worshiping and let the Spirit continue to work on you. I will myself as well.
1: last week when I was preparing for today and picking songs I came across this song called hunger and um, I just I couldn't wait to share it with you guys today it's a really beautiful song a lot of you probably don't they may have never heard it before but um, as we play it for you guys Uh, I invite you just to sit where you are and reflect on the words, and think about the words. Maybe you want to pray these words to the Lord, and then uh, if you get the hand of the song, then uh, you are welcome to uh, stand and sing it with us, or uh, where you are seated. But here's a few words from it. There's a hunger and a thirst. I'm desperate immerse me. I'm not waiting, not anymore. And uh, sometimes we uh, can procrastinate and, and wait to come to the Lord, and he's waiting for us to come to him, to feast on him. I need you, Lord.